We've all been there. Not one of us has escaped some form of injury, whether physical, mental, or emotional. Heartbreak, overwhelming grief, crippling fear. To hurt is as human to breathe. This is not a new concept. Suffering is commonplace throughout the Bible, but there's a twist. As 2 Samuel 12, 20 says, When David heard that his son was dead, he arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes and went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. When Job learned that his seven sons and three daughters were killed, he tore his clothes and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. As he said in 121, The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our fight in this world is not against each other or physical conditions, but against the supernatural forces that tempt us, as Ephesians 6.12 says. Satan is actively working to use our surrounding circumstances to get inside our heads and lead us astray from the one calling us to himself. The battle against the devil's opposing forces is a very real one, but what Satan means for evil, God intends for good. A surgeon does not cut except to bring you closer to health, just as God does not allow suffering except to draw your heart closer to him so you can better reflect his glory. This is the reason we can find joy in our trials. Our pain is for a purpose. God is using this to grow you, and oh, how wonderful it is that he loves us enough to discipline us. As James 1, 2-4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. My pastor once noted that trials are not a sign of rejection from God, but reception. Are you suffering? Congratulations! You're on the team! You are wearing the uniform! It's confirmation that you are a believer, that you are truly saved. Therefore, if you're suffering, you can be confident of three things. First of all, you can be confident that you are a child of God, God loves you, and God is changing you for good. As Romans 5, 3-5 says, We can rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. To get into what Romans is saying about the word rejoice here, the president of the university where I went to college explained it that rejoice does not always mean I feel good. It means I know God is in control. Holocaust survivor Corey Ten Boom similarly said, When a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the engineer. Furthermore, the song Thy Will Be Done by Hilary Scott, which was a heartbeat song of mine when I was going through a hard season, highly recommend it if you are struggling right now. That song proclaims the truth that God sees us. He knows this is stretching us. He knows this is breaking our hearts. Or as Deuteronomy 2.7 says, He knows you're going through this great wilderness. Yet, He would not allow it if it were not for our good and His glory. You have to hold on to that. 
please hear me. If you are in a season where you are struggling and are trying to push through, you have to hold on to the fact that God would not allow this to happen if it were not ultimately for your good and his glory. As Romans 8.28 says, John 13.7 says, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward, you will understand. You are a ship in an ocean full of waves of doubt, anxiety, fear, and insecurity. But keep in mind how ships work. A vessel does not sink because it is in an ocean, but because water gets inside. To make the journey, to push through a hard season, you have to keep your eyes above the waves. Look at the one who is walking on the water. Do you hear him? He's saying, look at me. Look at me, not the surrounding chaos. Focus on him, his goodness, his glory. Hope, trust, and have faith, which isn't a feeling. Faith is a choice to trust God even when the road ahead seems uncertain. Lay aside the desire to give up or to quit or to throw the talon and run, as Hebrews 12, 1b through 2a says, run with endurance the race that is set before you, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Or as the old hymn goes, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. If you come to a place where you are doubting God's sovereign care, remember all the works of the Lord, all the good that he has done in your life. Meditate on everything he has saved you from, on the trials he has brought you through in the past, and tell others how Jesus has changed your life. Never cease thanking him for all that is good and all that is hard, because all is growing you, and never lose focus on God. As Colossians 3.2 puts it, you have to set your mind on the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. And there are a few ways that can do this six specifically that I want to walk through here. First of all, be in the word. All throughout scripture, there are repeats of the command to meditate on the truth of the Bible. Deuteronomy 6, 6, Joshua 1, 8, Psalm 1, 2, B specifically. But don't just think about the content of scripture while you are reading. Apply the themes throughout your life. Number two, journal. The benefits of journaling are profuse, and I will probably be reiterating them until my grave. Although I have not been as devoted to this art as I have in the past, any time taken to still my thoughts on paper always leaves me in a clearer mindset and helps me to focus on what really matters. Number three, listen to God honoring music. Music is powerful in that it can easily change your mindset and mood. When going through troubling times, music can be an excellent tool to reorientate your focus on what really matters. As the worship leader at my church once said, music through praising God helps connect us to something so much bigger than ourselves. Number four, talk to God. God cares about everything that concerns you, so talk to him about it. Satan often makes a situation seem complicated and chaotic to discourage us from praying because prayer limits the devil. Additionally, be sure to take time to thank God for everything you do have versus continuously asking or focusing on what you don't have. In essence, we have everything we need because all we've ever needed is Christ. Number five, look for God in everyday things, in nature, people, 
and circumstances. His presence is everywhere. And when you see him moving, don't hesitate to exclaim, that was God. Boast in him continually. And then finally, number six, a practical step on how to fight your battles. Surround yourself with godly people. People rub off on you, as Proverbs 13.20 warns against. No matter how valiant your efforts, you will take on the traits of the people you surround yourself with or that are surrounding you. However, you will never find a better friend than the one who points you to Christ. So make sure that those who influence you are what I would call beautiful people. Of course, this mindset on how to fight your battles is not a one-and-done kind of change. You will need constant reminders to continually surrender your cares to our ever-caring Father. Then, as Jesus said in Matthew 14, 27, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Another translation of the words take heart would be, Be of good cheer. Or, be happy. God is in control. He is watching. He is working. He is moving. Praise him. This is how you fight your battles. 